Hey friends, it's Corey Andrew Powell here, letting you know it's time to treat yourself with an exclusive Motivational Mondays deal at the NSLS shop. Listeners get 20% off shop-wide with the code MONDAYS. That's M-O-N-D-A-Y-S. Need a new coffee tumbler? Or perhaps you want to keep it classy with a new hardcover notebook? Well, get them on sale. Listen, with this deal, I'm tempted to trade in my bow tie collection for one of those cute NSLS hoodies. And don't forget, use code MONDAYS at checkout. That's M-O-N-D-A-Y-S. Enjoy that 20% off at shop.nsls.org. And stay motivated, leaders. Stay motivated. Hello, everyone. I am Corey Andrew Powell, and I'm joined today by Stephanie Shojai, and she is the president of Shoma Group, an award-winning real estate development company that specializes in residential and commercial projects. With more than a decade of experience, Stephanie oversees all marketing, branding, sales, operations, and communication strategies. And also, let's, let's you know, it's, it's not for a small function here. This is like over $5 billion in completed real estate transactions and assets. So we're really happy to have you here today, Stephanie. So welcome to Motivational Mondays. Thank you, Corey. Thank you for having me. Yes, yes, my pleasure. So first, uh, as I mentioned to you, of course, off camera before we began, uh, we are happy to also have you here during Hispanic Heritage Month. And uh, so that's a, a double honor for us to feature you today. So listen, you are slaying the game clearly in the real estate development world. And it's really a highly competitive industry, of course, very male-driven, male-dominated, so to speak. You're known for your keen eye, talent, creativity. That's really helped show my group become the big force it is today. But I do want to ask you about your humble beginnings, if you will. So you're the, the daughter of Colombian immigrants, correct? Yes, I am. My parents actually came here back in the 80s with nothing. My dad came here, landed on an airplane with absolutely no documents, basically landed and, and ran. Uh, my mom came a couple months later and they had nothing. They had to start from from scratch, uh, attempt to learn the language, make ends meet. At one point, I believe my parents lived in something that was like the size of a closet. It was very small. Fast forward then, they had me. I was born in the United States, but I was raised extremely, extremely Colombian. Um, as a matter of fact, I learned English when I was around 10 years old. So I consider myself 100% Colombian. Um, identify so much with the Hispanic culture. And I learned everything from my parents. So you have the dichotomy, though, of being like an American girl, because you're sort of being raised in that culture, but then also having been really closely tied to your Colombian roots. And I have to say, it's really interesting. I'm going to turn around right now because I have this book that was written by, and I just interviewed her two weeks ago, Daniela Pierre Bravo. Do you know her from MSNBC? And she's on Morning Joe. And she's from Hispanic Heritage. Maybe, maybe if I see her face. Well, you know, I bring it up because literally verbatim, <laughs> you know, a very similar story. She had to sort of exist with the undocumented status and the parents. And so she had to rise above all that. And I really feel that because of that and because of your adversity, do you, and I'll just see if it relates to what she says, do you think that drove you to be hyper successful even more so because you almost out of necessity had to do that? Absolutely. 100%. You know, when you grow in a household where you're seeing your parents work extra hard, where you know that you have to be better than the person next to you, you have to be more prepared. You have to just really race harder and stronger. It teaches you that since a very young age. I still remember my parents taking the test to become residents of, of the United States. And 
I was very, very young having to teach my parents English because the test obviously was in English and like having to see that struggle. It made me at a, at a very young age want to be, you know, a step ahead. Right. Yeah. She mentions that exact same thing. In fact, her book is called The Other, and it's about women of color, how they have to sort of exist in these worlds where they are uh, in some ways made to feel invisible because of stigma and stereotype. And then what happens is if you can hone who you are and live in your authenticity, you empower yourself and you show up as your full Latina Colombian woman self and own the situation. So I know your heritage is a, a big part of why you say also, you've been successful. So explain more about that. So it's one of the things that I actually pride myself in, especially now in the role that I have, is to have an all-woman Latina team working here at Shoma, especially predominantly in the marketing department. And one of the things I like to teach them is to make sure that they're always authentic to who they are. Because if you walk into a meeting and you are really who you are, you are not worrying about pretending to be someone else, knowing the subject and, and following everything that's in, being discussed in the meeting. So for me, it's super important that you own exactly who you are. You dress how you identify, how you feel. So for me, that's one of the main things I try to, to teach girls. But I think the Hispanic heritage for sure, you know, I think is one of my, my superpowers. I think that it's made me such a hard worker having to, like you said, I have to identify with who I am and like work harder so that I don't get shadowed in the back, which I did get always put back in the back, even in, in kindergarten. There's so many things that you think a teacher doesn't realize that a little kid will always take with them. I remember them saying to take out a red crayon and I was very young, but I didn't know what red was or what color I knew crayon, but I was like picking up all the colors and the teacher kind of just like, didn't make me the line leader because obviously I wasn't going to lead. So she put me all the way in the back versus like maybe teaching me this was the red and like mm. you know, helping me at a very young age. I knew like I was going to be placed in the back. I was a Hispanic girl. You know, my parents probably didn't even no, not probably didn't understand what the teacher was saying. Um, nowadays I feel like, the world slowly adjusted to being a little bit more understanding, to wanting to learn about other cultures. It's yes. a little bit more open. It wasn't like that when I was younger. You know, you don't speak English too bad. You know, I, at that mm -hmm. time, I don't know if you remember, they had that little calculator. It was a calculator and you type in, you have to like type in Spanish. It was like a, a little digital uh, okay. little digital translator. Oh, wow. No, no. <laughs> I'm old. Well, listen, I mean, I just remember that whole idea of like, for me, I had a, one of my close family friends growing up, they were Puerto Rican. And I was immersed in like, what's that language you're speaking? And what's that food? Bacalao, what is that? You know, arroz con pollo, what is that? Like the curiosity of children, I think, is there. I think the adults in the room, to your point, that teacher, they're the ones who tend to screw it up a little bit. Kids have a natural curiosity. I mean, I love learning more about other things. And I think that's a natural place to be. I think the, I think the adults in a room. Well, that's what makes you special. I, really. I, I, I do because I still remember being that young girl and my mom cooking, for example, let's say bacalao or uh, platanitos and, you know, all the food that I would eat. And I would be like, mom, the house smells like Spanish food. My friend's coming over. She can't know that our food doesn't smell like ah. her food. And my mom would, it was like a dagger to her heart, but you're, you're little and you, I wanted to be understood and respected and like coming to my house and smelling my Hispanic food was not cool because you were going to maybe go to school and like bully me or oh, her house smells like Spanish food. Our, our food 
has a strong smell versus now I look back and I'm like, why did I even care? Her parents were like making pizza and like, <laughs> okay. Like you should have been, you should have been like selling mama's plates, honey, for like, you know how enterprising you are. You should have been, <laughs> should have been like making Stephanie's kitchen. I wish I could go back so much and, and speak to that. The young version mm. of me, like the five, six year old that had such a, a tough time, but I, I would speak to her, but I don't think I would change anything because it really made me exactly who I am today. Like I said, it, it really was my, my superpower. I, I, I still try to find that, it, that moment that like changed everything for me where I was like, I'm going to stop hiding it. And my life's going to change if I just start embracing it. Yeah, that's powerful. Yeah. You don't want to change your past because you're not guaranteed that your current outcome, which you really love, it would be the same. But you do bring up an interesting point. And I've spoken to many different people from different countries, but primarily my friends from Santo Domingo, for example, or um, Argentina or different countries that are Latin speaking countries. Colombia, none? Colombian? Um Am I not, well, 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 not with this problem, not with this particular problem, but um, I do know a lot of Colombians. And in fact, I will just put this out there and I hope that uh, all my other friends won't kill me. I happen to think that in the novellas, Colombians speak the best Spanish. Oh, that's no, not- it's not just novellas. It's not just-, <laughs> you know, just in general, right? You think in general? <laughs> okay. I'm going to get so much hate mail now, but that's just how it is. But they did say to me, though, there were times where they were, they were resentful as they were growing up as teenagers as you said, not having the foresight yet to understand the dynamics. They had this love-hate. They were angry almost at their parents at a certain point for they can't be like other American kids. And when they show up, they don't have the proper documentation because of, and I, it creates a really, I guess, a difficult dynamic. But um, are you and your parents, were you still close to your parents through that? And how did you get through it? Corey, let me tell you something that I don't think many people know unless they're my close friend. I actually am so close to my parents that I chose to not have a, a wedding. Uh, I wanted a honeymoon, a month long honeymoon. Uh, there's reasons as to why I didn't want a wedding. I uh, keep my circle very small. And it was like, oh, if I want to have a wedding, I want it to be something big. And I couldn't come up with a list. Anyway, that side story. I'm so close. I took them on my honeymoon because I wanted, thank God they're so close to my husband, but I wanted that memory to be stuck and engraved in me for life. So I wanted to experience it with them. So we traveled abroad, Dubai, did a lot of fun things. And I took them with me. So to answer your question in short, I am beyond close to my parents. They are my best friends. I travel with them all the time. I am exactly who I am. I literally probably yet last night reminded them like, thank you so much. I'm so happy to who, who I've become. But yes, to go back to what you're saying, I gave them I raised hell at the house. I didn't like the way it smelled. I because of the because of the food. I I hated that my mom could never be a chaperone because she didn't speak English. I hated that my dad couldn't come in and, and say what he does at work because he couldn't speak English. There was so many things that I'd be like, you, this is the the pickup line for the peop the kids that come out of school at three and you're in the line that comes at four because you can't read the sign. And it was constant. Mm. You know, I was just so mad. But I feel like they just did such a great job with me and my sisters and like teaching us and calming us down. And they, you know, they understood that it was hard. It was hard on us. I, I had to obviously take English lessons and writing and a lot of things. They were there th through it all and they, they pushed us, but thank God for them. They stuck it through it. And my mom Absolutely. actually has blonde hair, blue eyes. So everybody thought she was super American and then it was even worse when they would try to speak to her. And she was like, ah, no, I'm doing this. <laughs> yeah. Or they might, I would have thought she was like faking because she doesn't want to like talk to people. Right, Blonde? <laughs> <laughs> I never 
She would always be like, soy colombiana y no hablo inglés. <laughs> it's a good defense mechanism. You don't want to be bothered with people. Like, I don't speak English. No, but I think that's amazing because the irony there is because of the sacrifice and because of their decision, which, you know, is a difficult one for many immigrants to make to leave a country under those conditions. And then at the end of the day, throughout, despite all that, the end result is they raised a highly successful daughter. And so, and your, uh, and your sibling as well, who you said is also doing well. So there's a lot to be said just for good parenting, no, no matter what the language is. Correct. I do want to ask you though, as I mentioned about your humble beginnings. So how did you get interested in real estate and where'd you, where'd you get your start? Okay. I uh, love this question. So I went to school for marketing and uh, ever since I was a little girl, I would always be drawing diamonds and cars. My parents didn't know where it came from. I think it was inst- like just in me that I had this like relentless pursuit to, for, to find greatness. I went to school. My dad was nibbling here and there on a little bit of development, like one little apartment here and there and like little cities in Fort Lauderdale. And he told me one day, like, I'm losing so much money and having to list the property with a realtor and then the realtor sell it. So I'm losing a lot of commission. And mm-hmm. I said, dad, why don't I take the test, the real estate test and I'll list it for you and I'll sell it for you. And I'll give you right back all the commission. I want nothing, but I'm going to take the test. And my dad looked at me and he's like, really, you're going to do that for me. And I think the class is a month. And I said, it is a month for the people that want to take a month. But if you know your daughter, you know, your daughter wants everything now. And there's a class that's a week. So I'm going to take that week class. I'm going to take off everything, no school, no nothing. And I'm going to dedicate to passing the test. Gold Coast offers a one week class. I took the class, passed the test. I mean, I had the license within like as fast as you can get it, fingerprints, everything, Uh, all was submitted. I got it. Uh, I knew nothing. I went and got my license with a company. I remember walking in and I was like, I need to list something. And they're like, you have a listing already? I'm like, it's my dad's and I need to list it right away. And nobody really wanted to help. But I was like, you're either going to help me or I'm going to find someone else that will, or I'm going to Google it, but I'm going to list it. Fast forward, I listed it. I helped my dad. He sold it. And he was so happy. And I knew that I was doing something to help him, which made me happy. And then I was negotiating this deal, this very, this is a small deal. And I remember the broker on the other end had was a white male with a lot of experience. And he looked at me like, this girl has no idea. She's super young. She's her dad's her client. It was like treated me so poorly, but I, I loved it. And Mm. I, one of the things that drives me so much is being underestimated. It's just, I love it. I, I feel like it's the best thing that's ever happened to me. So I, I just tried harder. I got the deal done and I was like, this is what I, what I like. So I stuck around with marketing, uh, finished that, and then continued on with real estate. Yeah, because that's, I think, the the basis. I mean, real estate is real estate, and there's lots of people, obviously, in that world. But dissecting it further, it is the fact that you bring the marketing concepts to mm-hmm. it. You bring a, an awareness of connecting the dots with social media, modern digital marketing concepts to it. So I wonder, with, you, with what you've done with the Shoma Group, Mm-hmm. You sort of brought them forward in that way in a very different space than I guess how they originally worked. So was there any resistance for you sort of like bringing them into like social media and Instagram and all oh these places? My gosh, I remember first coming into show and I said, there is a white space here. You guys are not marketing the right way. The The world is changing. The The people that work at Shoma are great. Some, many of them have been here for 30, 40 years, which is amazing. It's testament of how great the company is. But at the same time, we needed a little bit more diversity. We needed to be able to bring in the new technology. We needed to bring in the, the, the younger generation. And 
there was definitely, I mean, my husband, even the employees that were here, there was a lot of changes, but you know, Stephanie doesn't give up and I'm very persistent and I don't take no for an answer. And I adapted little by little baby steps, baby steps. And yes, for sure. I think it's definitely made a huge impact. Uh, I think Shoma is, has always had a great brand. It's been re- recognized since the eighties before I was even born, but now I feel like more people know it. Yeah, no, definitely. And because also it's so tied to your personal brand too, which is your, your Instagram, which is so fun and I love it. And, I, and also one thing I love that you said is you think it's okay for women to lean into femininity and it's okay if you happen to show up in like a pink dress with heels on a construction site. So. I, I do. <laughs> and I, I love it. You know, so many times I've had people say to me, well, don't let it overshadow who you are or don't that, that, that just draws too much attention in the meeting. Why don't you just become more subtle? I'm like, I'm not subtle. You know, I come in, make a statement. I know my stuff. I'm very prepared at a very young age before I even worked at Shoma. I would never want to walk into a meeting unless I knew all my facts. I would take mm. four or five hours studying, even if it wasn't necessary. I wasn't going to speak. So why do I have to wear a dark color? Why do I have to have my hair in a bun? Why do I cannot wear my lashes and makeup and glam that I like if I already know my, my, my material? Right. The difference in going to a, a construction site with a pink hard hat versus a black hard hat. What's the difference? That's what I like. And there's no change in the outcome just because of my appearance. Yeah. The appearance really just doesn't matter. No. And I love that. That also speaks to stereotype in a way too, right? People will make a perceive an idea about how you show up and they do that to women all the time. Right. And so I think the key element that you said there, which is a great lesson for success is when you know your stuff. (laughs) Yeah. You can like pop out of a birthday cake and a bikini, but at the end of the day, let's talk numbers and data and you know your stuff. I think that's the difference. I think it's the smoke and mirrors versus people who really show up. And and that brings me to another segue. I know you're friends with Kris Jenner, right? (laughs) And I bring that up because I have, we have mutual friends, she and I too. My friend Alan invented years ago, which changed my life. I was one of their first ambassadors. The Lumi smartphone case would had the, you know, this. So, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it changed, you know, for nightlife people, I was like, Oh, I can see myself now. But you know, Kim was the selfie queen, Kim Kardashian, and they were trying to get partnerships with her and it wasn't working or whatever. Cause she didn't quite at that moment see it. And Chris saw it. And I've always said from just knowing that experience, Chris was like, is really good at being a great marketing person at all the ventures she does. They're really smartly done. I know you're friends with her and I know she's given you some advice as well. So give me a a little nugget of marketing advice that Chris Jenner has given you that you take with you. You know, I think Chris is just outstanding with, with branding and creating a very strong brand, which I think we're very aligned, which is how I feel about, about Shoma. She is one of the smartest women I have ever met. As a matter of fact, I, I remember reaching out to her and I said, safely. I love it. We use it at the house. We use it here in the building. I love your product. Uh, It's the best cleaning supplies I've ever have used. And your end buyer lives in a lot of our communities. What do you think of the idea of gifting these tenants some of your your product? And I think she must have taken like 60 seconds to reply. I love this idea. And she is just such a boss lady, the product appeared in my office like a week and a half later. And I could just feel like she just gets it done. She gets it quick. She's just 
phenomenal, phenomenal. I feel like we're very aligned in that sense. You know, I totally agree. I mean, everything I know about her and, and, and it's rubbed off on her daughters, clearly. They really do get it and they kind of understand sort of how to meet a demand and public interest. And so I, I think that Chris is quite brilliant too. So I know she has her detractors, but that's, you know, people are always going to talk junk in any way. So, and I know you are also an award winner. You have won the, the prestigious uh, women awards honors for South Florida business. Uh, Business and Wealth, I believe, is the organization. Mm -hmm. And you were like their 2022, one of their award winners. And I know you want to be a role model or you are a role model for Latin women in the real estate development space. But why do you feel it's critical for more women to work in that space in general? I think it's critical, Corey, for women to be in every industry. And I think that my existence in this position creates the possibility for the younger generation that's watching. Meaning when a young girl's on social media or a young girl turns on the news or a young girl is in the car with her mom that's listening to this podcast and you hear of somebody like them that's in this position, it creates the possibility for them to also oh, it's it's doable. When you see someone else doing it, it kind of opens the door that like, hey, I can do it too. So for me, it's, it's extremely important. It's extremely important for me to teach girls to work on their self-confidence. It's something that you have to talk to yourself every day. Your mind is, it's a computer. It's, a, it's, it's really your, your, your supercomputers in there, the way you speak to yourself. It's so important. If I ever see a girl being like, ah, oh, I'm so dumb, or they go like this, I'm like, what do you, that's like, that's your, that's your hard drive. You just need to speak to yourself in a very nice way because it starts subconsciously. You start believing the things you say to yourself. So for me, having these girls be able to see that like the self-confidence really is a major, major thing that you need to help yourself is important for me to be able to teach them. Wow. Well, words of wisdom, Stephanie Chauget. Did I say Shojai? I, I think yeah. I messed up the end. But it's perfect. perfect. Shojai, yeah, okay. I see, I doubted myself. Stephanie Shojai from the Shoma Group. Thank you so much for being here today with us. We really appreciate your time today here on Motivational Mondays. Thank you so much, Corey. I can't wait to be back. Thank you for listening to Motivational Mondays presented by the National Society of Leadership and Success and available wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. I'm Corey Andrew Powell, and I'll see you again here next week.